Welcome to the Regain Begun podcast, where it's all about keeping weight regain at bay, overcoming setbacks, and getting real support after bariatric surgery. Here's your host, best-selling author, registered dietitian, and physician's assistant, Samira Khan. Thank you to the Regain Vegan podcast. I'm your host, Samira Khan. And this podcast is for people who had bariatric surgery and are struggling to keep the weight off. Today, I will be joined by Janine Highlander, who has a license in Masters of Social Work. Is that correct, Janine? Is that how I'm introducing you? Yes. Samira, that's exactly right. I have an LMSW that's a licensed master social worker in New York State. That's awesome. I'm super stoked to have you on the show. And uh, our viewers would love to listen to what you have to say about what you do and how you went through bariatric surgery and your journey through it. So how are you today, Janine? Oh, I'm wonderful. Um, Today is one day over 11 months from surgery. I had to sleep and I'm officially 100 pounds down from my surgical weight. Oh my God, that is awesome. I never thought I'd see this day, ever. Really? So I'm so excited. Yeah, I have doubts, you know? It's so what was, your, what was your aha moment when you decided to go for bariatric surgery? I actually started at the orthopedist because I was having trouble walking. And the orthopedist said, I can do a knee replacement, but you're not going to be happy until you lose 100 pounds. So go do that and come back if you need me. And that was like, all right, I got to go do something drastic now. Right. So that's when you walked into your surgeon's office. I did. I went, I made an appointment and went, I think the following week. Okay. And then I was told, oh my God, it's a minimum of six months wait. And that really got you a little discouraged? It got me extremely, well, not extremely. I don't like using words like that. It got me discouraged because I thought it was a simple process. And it turned out it's not simple at all because the surgery is in fact kind of simple, but the preparation and the mindset and getting your life together takes the six months. And frankly, it's taken me another six months post-surgery to kind of figure it all out. And I think I'm doing all the things I need to now to the best of my ability. I'm so happy for you. Why did you decide to go into mental health as a career? I became a social worker now over 30 years ago. I thought initially I wanted to help people. And that's true. I do like to help people. But I think part of it now, as I've gotten a little bit older and wiser, is that I really was trying to figure out what was going on in my own life in a kind of backwards way. Okay. Um, so by helping others, I've kind of learned a lot about myself and all kinds of other things involved with mental health that impact how I live and how others live. And today's topic, we're going to be concentrating on something called ACE, A-C-E. Can you please tell me what that's about? This is a topic I came across. I work primarily with children and families, and I've done the bulk of my career working with abused and neglected children. And I never was taught any of this in school, but I went to a conference regarding trauma. And I learned that the ACE study, ACE study, is so important. And I was so blown away by it. I'd like to share it with everybody. Absolutely. So ACE stands for Adverse childhood experience. And it comes from a study that was done 
about a, two decades ago now, so about 1998, it was, it was wrapped up and published. Preparing for this podcast, I found out something really interesting. The doctor who was associated with the study, Dr. Felitti, was actually a doctor treating obesity. Wow, really? And in the, the mid-1980s, he was running an obesity clinic. And he found that he was really successful getting his patients to lose weight through diet, support, those types of things, but that a great number of them regained the weight after his treatment. And he started asking, well, this doesn't make sense. They've been really successful. What's going on? Okay. So he started to talk to his patients. And what he found out initially is that the women were reporting that they were victims of childhood sexual abuse. Okay. And he thought, that's really weird. So he studied some further. He got hooked up with the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. Yeah. And over the next 10 years, they studied 17,000 people, not out of the obesity clinic, but out of general medical clinic. And they determined that childhood trauma impacts people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s in ways that no one could fathom at the time. Wow. That childhood experiences are the most powerful determinants of adult health outcomes. That is crazy. Oh, my God. Right? So the ACE study was done over a period of 10 years. They had 17,000 participants, and it was a joint between Kaiser Permanente, which is a health organization in California, and the Center for Disease Control. They did this long study, and they gave all their patients long, long questionnaires about their childhood. And what they came up with was a 10-question test. Just 10 questions? Just 10 questions. After, after all, their done, all their studying was done, they were able to boil it all down. They had tons of data, but they figured out that 10 areas were the most important. Can we go with the 10 areas? Sure. Read you the questions because they're easy. People can do them, and you can usually do them on one hand. If you're driving, I wouldn't write. But if you have a scratch pad, all you need to do is make a yes mark, and I'm going to read them to you. Okay, cool. So you get one point for every answer you answer yes. Okay. Okay. So number one, did a parent or other adult, and this is all questions before your 18th birthday. Okay. So did a parent or other adult in your household often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt? That's number one. That's number one. So if any of those apply, just mark a one. Okay. You get a score of one. If it you get a, if it's a no, then you don't have it. There's no score. Number two. Did a parent or other adult in the household often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you, or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured? So again, if you answered yes, score one. If you answered no, score zero. Okay. Number three. Did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you? Or have you touched your body in a sexual way or try to or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal sex with you? Okay. So if yes, score one. Number four, did you often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other? If yes, score one. Number five, did you often feel that you didn't have enough to eat had to wear dirty clothes, and had no one to protect you, or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if needed? If yes, score one. Number six, were your parents ever separated or divorced? If yes, score one. Okay. 
Seven, was your mother or stepmother often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her, or sometimes were often kicked, bitten, or hit with a fist, or hit with something hard, or hit so hard over a few minutes and then attacked with a gun or a knife? Okay. So this is violence against your mother or stepmother. Okay. Not against you. It's against your Not mother against or stepmother. You, stepmother. Okay. Right. And if yes, score one. And you have, you have witnessed it. Um, yeah, or know about it. Okay. As a child, if this happened in your home. Okay. Because like you don't actually have, as a kid, you don't have to see it, but you know what's happening. Yeah, you, you know hear it. Okay. You hear it, right? Or your mom tells you it happens. Fine. So you score a one then. Okay. Yep. So number eight, did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or tended to use street drugs? Okay. So that's if yes, score one. Mm-hmm. If nine, was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide? Okay. If yes, enter one. And the last one is, did a household member go to prison? If yes, score one. So out of those 10 questions, 33% of the population answers yes to at least one of those areas. Okay. Actually, it's more like 60%. Sorry. So oh, two wow. or three That's people- That's a huge number, 60%. Yeah. So two of three people have a score of at least one. Okay. 25% have a score of two or more. And one in eight have a score of four or more. Mm, one in eight. I personally have a score of eight. So you did suffer from any childhood trauma? You did. Do, Absolutely, would you like to I talk did. about it? So I, I grew up in a family with my mother who had what I believe now to be undiagnosed mental illness, specifically depression, which she would stay in bed for hours and days at a time. My father misused alcohol. Okay. Although he provided for the family because in the, you know, at that time, functional alcoholism was not described as alcoholism, but we know better now. Okay. I grew up with domestic violence in the home and I was a victim of both physical violence from my parents and sexual assault by other people outside my home, but who were allowed into the family circle. So you knew them. It was, fa- it was someone I- you knew. Okay. As is most childhood sexual yes, trauma. Yes, yes. So unfortunately, I have a threshold score of eight. The study suggests that people who have a score of four or more have all kinds of other problems. And certainly with a score of six or more can die 20 years earlier than their counterparts who have Ooh, a score of zero. Wow. 20 years. Those numbers are mind-boggling. Women are 50% more likely than men to have a score of greater than five. Okay. I think that's because they're more at risk of sexual abuse. Correct. Although men report sexual abuse at a rate of about one in five. And how does ACE affect obesity? What is the relationship between that and our health? So here's really interesting. So the impact of this trauma has all kinds of things. So disrupted neurodevelopment, difficulty controlling anger and rage, hallucinations, depressions, Panic reactions, anxiety, sleep problems, impaired memory, flashbacks. People who have high A scores often have high risk factors and risky behaviors, such as smoking, which, by the way, in preparation for surgery, I quit and have stayed quit now for over a year. Oh, my God. I'm so happy for you. Severe obesity, physical inactivity, suicide attempts, alcoholism, drug abuse, 50 or more sex partners self-injury, eating disorders, and perpetration of interpersonal violence. The long-term consequences of unaddressed trauma. 
this is not like getting a bad grade in school. This is trauma. So an alcoholic parent who didn't care for you, sexual abuse, is ischemic heart disease. So your heart actually starts to die from lack of oxygen. Cancer, lung disease, emphysema, asthma, liver disease, skeletal fractures, poor self-rated health, so you don't think you're healthy, sexually transmitted infections, and HIV AIDS has increased. So it's a whole bunch of stuff that's connected to the ACE score. It's a tremendous amount of stuff. And, and what they found over further study, because this wasn't just done 10 years ago, this has been studied over and over. And actually the World Health Organization uses this to judge the health of a population in over 20 European countries, over seven Asian countries now. This study has validity. So does the ACE, is it being used like, you know, as a, uh, during the psychological evaluation for bariatric surgery or no? It's not commonly used. It is something that I use because I find it really predictive of a person's health. I also find that people are really, it's frightening to know your ACE score, but also a good thing. What about regain? Does the ACE, the, depending on where you stand on the, on the scorecard, does it relate to weight uh, regain and success or failure after bariatric surgery? Certainly it does. So untreated trauma, which is what a lot of people have, can certainly impact your regain if you don't treat the underlying cause. We can take off weight. People know that. That's what the first study indicated is the Dr. Filetti saw that people lost weight when they were under treatment. Okay. But if they didn't address the underlying trauma, they would regain their weight. And that's where this all started. So it's funny now that 20 years later, we're looking at the results and seeing the exact same thing. You're telling me that the underlying uh, problems have to be taken care of if you want to be successful after weight loss, either with surgery or without surgery, either way. Absolutely. And that can be as little as talking to people about it or as serious as going into mental health treatment therapy joining support groups and things like that. What the key is, is that the higher your A score, you know, you need to know that, that these things could be potentially a problem for you. It doesn't mean you're doomed. It doesn't mean the end of your life or you can't fix things. You can. And there are specific things that they found that help mitigate or reduce some of the problems that come from a high A score. And that talks about resiliency. What is resiliency? Resilience is how well you can deal with and bounce back from difficulties of life. That's the kind of short answer. Okay. It means the difference between handling pressure and losing your cool. Which is very difficult. It's very easy to lose your cool in today's uh, day and age with, you know, the society we're in and the environmental, you know, the environment you're surrounded by. It's very, very difficult. Absolutely. And particularly for people who had a difficult childhood, they never gained a lot of these skills. So if you didn't get them initially because you didn't have an environment where they were built into you, you still can catch up and learn them as adults. So not all hope is lost. So it's never too late. It is never too late. The only time it's too late is when you're in the grave. So if you're not there yet, you have time to work on yourself. But what about like, you know, it's easier to learn during childhood than in adulthood. Is it something like swimming where it's very difficult to learn how to swim when, when you're an adult, but it's very easy, you know, to learn how to swim when you're a kid? Is it something like that? I don't think it's that difficult. I think 
like anything, you have to set your mind to it and work on it daily. You know, going through bariatric surgery, I really had to learn to eat healthy again. Okay. Not that I didn't know how to do it, but I fell out of the habit. So you can build these things in as as developing new habits, and it becomes easier the more you practice. So the you know one of the first things is to develop a sense of purpose in your life, and that usually means for me right now this is a sense of purpose for me. I had surgery. I'm being successful. I'm using this as sharing with others helps me develop a sense of purpose about this. Not that it was a bad thing, but sharing is a great thing. And people can use that to move forward. How did you learn to become resilient? You know, what I think is I was lucky and I had an adult when I was a child, not my parents, but other adults in my life who were able to express my importance to them and have me understand it. Okay. That's the start of resilience. That certainly didn't cover me forever. I became obese. I became a smoker. I will share that I kind of misused drugs maybe a little bit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some time ago. Uh, Let's not be specific. But I've learned through a learning about myself and helping others that my sense of humor is a good resiliency factor, that I have a purpose in my life. I like to share things with others. Okay. I have a positive belief about myself, and that's because other people believed in me. I've developed a fairly strong social network, and now post-bariatric surgery, I use our Facebook group as social support. Okay. I know there's post-op meetings that are held. Those are really helpful. It's reported people do very well when they go there regularly. I use the Facebook and the online message um, because of location. Embracing change is really good. So flexibility is an important part. Learning how to be adaptable. If something's not working, willingness to try something else. And keep working at it. Having optimism. And you get that from other people in the group, in the support group, as well as just, you know, in life, being optimistic, looking at the good things that are happening, stopping to focus on negative outcomes, but focusing that setbacks are temporary. So if you get stuck in weight loss post-surgery, it's temporary. Go back to the basics. You can do this. You can move forward. What you're dealing with may be difficult, but it's important to remain hopeful and positive about the future. And that includes weight regain and not let that happen. And a bad day doesn't mean a bad month or a bad year. Absolutely. One bad choice doesn't mean a series of bad choices. You have to be optimistic about that. Self-care. Self-care. How many women who, particularly women, although I'm sure men too, how many women say, Oh, I do everything for everybody and I don't take time for myself. Yeah, you put yourself on the back burner, which is just not good during because, you know, you need to make time for yourself. Very, very important. And when you're stressed, it's really easy to forget about your needs. So you don't eat, you ignore exercise, you don't get enough sleep. And you don't drink enough fluids. And you don't drink enough fluids. Don't take your vitamins. That's correct. And all these things, they matter a lot. And incrementally, those who have higher ACE scores do these things worse than others. Okay, so that's what, so if the, you have a higher ACE score, you end up not taking care of yourself as, as someone else. Okay. Learn problem solving. So when a problem comes, don't say, I can't do anything. Take proactive steps, move through right. it, face the challenge, take a step forward, make a plan, you know, make, make a problem solving plan, ask others how they succeeded. And again, that support group is really, really helpful for that. And I see that in the Facebook group all the time. I'm stuck. What do I do here? 
I don't know. I'm not losing weight or I'm regaining weight. How did you solve that? I know you developed the boot camp to address some of those things. Correct. And people are really seeing that that can make a difference. Instead of giving up, they're taking an active role in it. Right. Reach out if you need help because just staying away is not going to help. It's only going to make matters worse. Right. And keep goals in mind. So establish goals and hang on to them. Resilient people are able to view situations in a realistic way and set reasonable goals. So if you regained weight, to say I'm going to lose 10 pounds in two days is not realistic. No. And if it doesn't happen and you get upset, then you get self-defeating behavior. It has to be a SMART goal, S-M-A-R-T. That's right. What does it stand for again? SMART? Oh, Specific, Something measurable, specific, yes, specific measurable. measurable, realistic. <laughs> R, R is realistic, and uh, T is oh my god, I'm like a forget about it. Yeah, that's crazy. But those are really, really good things to do. And the higher EA score, the more you need to be resilient and build in resiliency into okay. your life. Everything you said is so true, so true. So basically, the smart goal is S is specific. M is measurable, A is achievable, R is relevant, and T is time-bound. Okay. All right. So you want to be, you know, you want to have practical goals for yourself, which, which you can accomplish. Like you said, right. you know, you cannot, you know, you can lose a certain amount of weight, but you can't overdo it in a short period of time. Well, for me, I never would have thought, even with the surgery, that 100 pounds was realistic for me. Absolutely. I set, I set smaller goals along the way. Right. Because one big goal was overwhelming and really hard for me to judge where I was. So I, I set smaller goals. I set exercise goals. Hey, I walked 2.3 miles while I was at work. I managed to get that in. You know that exercise and I are not friends. So I have to set goals and hold myself accountable. Right. Make time for yourself on your calendar. Very much. And the support group holds you accountable to those too. Um, The Facebook group asks every day, what did you do to exercise? Tell us about your day. How are you reaching your goals? Right. And and that's very important. And you know you're not alone. You know, you have support all around you. That's right. I think that's the key to so far my weight loss and hopefully, and and I believe I will be successful in, in keeping it off or if I do regain to attend to that immediately and not let that get away from me. Love it. Love it, Janine. That is awesome. So what do you uh, have in mind for people? What's your advice for people who are struggling to keep their weight off after bariatric surgery? I think that they can take that little ACE quiz that we did. It's the only the 10 questions and see where they lie. If they have more than four yeses, I would actually suggest that they go find a therapist or support group that they feel comfortable. When they did the study, they found that just disclosing the trauma to a caring person just once reduced medical appointments, emergency room visits, and crisis for 35% of the following year. Ooh, wow. So just acknowledging that the trauma occurred to someone else, letting someone else be a witness, immediately has a positive impact. Okay. And if people are looking for those 10 questions, because even I don't remember them, where can they find them? There is a ton of material online. So preparing for this, I went through a couple of things. There's a great podcast that has an interview with the doctor who had the study, Dr. Felitti. If you just Google podcasts for ACE 
ACE or a study and put in and 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 or doctor, you'll get a ton of information. So there's some podcasts. What out about there. the ten questions? The ten questions are at ACE study. You just Google that and you can find it. There's on on almost every site. So ACE okay. study. Um, just Google that or adverse childhood experiences. And those are just ten questions, correct? Just the ten questions, and they give you an idea of of where you stand. I want to just make a note that the questions were based on the study group they did 20 years ago, and it was a predominantly white, suburban, upper middle class with good health insurance. They have developed further questions for people who live in prisons, war zones, or have other types of trauma. The outcome of the study with, with different questions is the same. So if you have high areas of trauma, all the things that I said relate to you too. It doesn't have to be necessarily child abuse, but if you lived in an, in an unsafe neighborhood with gang activity and couldn't go outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you were impoverished by an oppressive community such as Native American living on a reservation. So those things count as trauma too. The study just doesn't, doesn't address, the 10 questions don't address those, but there are culturally sensitive variations that are also available on the internet. All right. This was this was awesome. I hopefully our listeners got a lot out of it, Janine. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, how do they go about it? So my email is easyavals at gmail.com. So E-A-S-Y-E-V-A-L-S at gmail.com. And email is the best way to reach me. Okay. So email is the best way to reach you. And I think uh, this was this was pretty awesome. Even I had no idea what ACE, ACE stood for. So that was a little, you know, it was an eye-opener. And uh, I really want to thank you again for being on the podcast today. And we will talk soon. Oh, thank you, Samira. And congratulations again on your book and the podcast. Thank you so much. I hope you guys make the best use of your day during your weight loss journey. And may Regain Be Gone continue to change your world. I also have a free resource for all my listeners. It's a journal on how to overcome cravings. Click on the link below and all you have to do is enter your name and email and your free copy of Bye Bye Cravings will be sent directly to your inbox.